Fumble. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Shacking Up with your host, Shaq Daddy. We have a special guest with us today, Ashton Maxwell. What's poppin'? How y'all doing? So, stay tuned. We're going to talk to my friend Ashton about our processes in the acting realm. Lord. We're going to go in the ins and outs, the ups, the downs, and we're going to get all up in. There's a lot. Yeah. What we do ain't easy, Lord. So, stay tuned, and we'll be right back with another episode of Shacking Up. Yeah. All right, so we're here ready to discuss our journeys on this acting career. Mm. And let me first say that for any of you that are doing or aspiring to do acting, more power to you. Because this damn show is struggle. And now, this, what we do is not easy whatsoever, especially first starting out, man. Man, people, people still in that starting out stage for years. Yeah. I know some people that I've met over the years that are on the starting process eight years in. Hmm. It baffles me sometimes to see people, and it's like, what? I, first of all, people don't even look at age in our industry because everybody takes such good care of their skin and all that stuff. People be like 30, 45, and like, I thought she was about 16, 17. How'd you get this kid's role? How'd you get in here? Right. type of thing. It's like, wow, everybody does look younger than they actually are. And then it's like, you come and start talking to people thinking they're like 15, 16, 17, they 33, and you. Uh, for me personally, I'm blessed to be able to say, like, they tell me, you've actually gotten further than I did when I was at your age. I'm like, excuse me? We're not the same age? No. no like, excuse not. me? So, speaking of age, Let's fill the people in and let them know who you are. Give them whatever you want to give them about you. Get a full intro in so they know who's talking and they can put more perspective to the person that's listening to you. Oh, you want me to tell people about me? Well, as y'all know, my name is Ashton Maxwell. I am from New York City, the BX, born and raised, lived there about 18 years. Then I moved to Florida for a few years, went to college until I decided that after graduation, I wanted to pursue acting and modeling. Well, actually, I just wanted to pursue acting at, in all reality. And I found out while going to classes, as everybody is told to do off rip, is that modeling is a part of acting. So if you noticed, all actors end up in some kind of photo shoot, some kind of magazine cover somewhere, right. some kind of commercial down the line. And it's, it's a proven fact. If you're going to be an actor, you got to know how to model. So I had to learn how to do both. So I, I trained in Florida for a couple of years. I actually became a... Uh, instructor for a little bit of one establishment and I was having a great time there. And then I decided that I wanted to get into a larger market. So what's the closest market to Florida, Atlanta. So your boy done traveled to the A. I used to, man, I used to drive back and forth between Atlanta and Florida, maybe two, three times, like a month. I come up here for about a week, go back down to Florida for about a week and a half. Cause that's where my home base was. And then I drive right back up to Atlanta. Cause I got booked for something. 
Mm. So it, it's never easy. And getting the bookings in the first place is hard, too, because right. you a number. Oh, okay. You was just a number. So you're going to be out here begging, pleading, sending all these emails left and right. You ain't going to get no responses. You ain't going to get no text messages. You ain't going to get no phone calls. You're going to be questioning yourself left and right. Right. But the fortitude is real. And we were blessed enough to be able to work enough to be able to move our carcasses up here. I managed to have a couple of friends up here that live there. And that's what you got to do sometimes. It's like you ain't got the bread to straight up just move everything. So you got some friends. See if you can stay on the couch. See if you can... Get an air mattress or something. Sleep in the living room. And start to build yourself. Because if you really want to do it, if you really want to be out here doing this, it's like there's a lot of struggle. And people talk about it. Right. There's a lot of big influences that we have that talk about that. Like, I used to live in my car. I used to wonder where my next meal was coming from. I'd I'd be thinking the same thing. I'm grateful that I have it twice. Listen, I'm telling you. And like... It's part of the process. And if you believe in yourself enough to do this, you will get there. You just got to be patient. It's yeah, going to take your it's, time. Patience is the hard part, man. For, whether you looking for a role or you sitting on set waiting to get called up with the rest of BG or you just sitting in your trailer waiting for them to call you to shoot your 25-second scene. Oh, whatever. Patience is a virtue and it is something that you need to have in this industry or you are looked at crazy oh, and you are okay. stressed out. Yeah, stressed out. God damn. Stressed so, all the way out. Now, let's just run back right quick. Because you said you graduated. What is your degree in? Uh, I have a finance degree. Okay. I have a finance degree from Weber International University in Babson Park, Florida. So when you went to school for that, did you have any plans of how you were going to use that degree? Uh, I had plans on how I was going to use my degree. Um, something else that goes into my background is I used to be a bowler. Well, I'm, I still bowl, but I used to take bowling very seriously. It was the reason that I got into that school in the first place, got a scholarship to okay. go there. Not a lot of people know, but college bowling is a very big thing and it's mm-hmm. continuing to grow every year. Right. So they were giving out scholarships and I managed to get a scholarship to this particular establishment. And I was, I was gung ho on being a professional bowler, modeling, acting. That wasn't even a thought in my head. Okay. That that was something that I thought about when I was a kid. I did shows and stuff when I was a child. But at this point in time in my life, I was like fully focused on this is going to be how I make my money is bowling and I'm going to get through doing this. Okay. And then while I was there, I had to figure out what I wanted to accomplish in life because you can't just be in school without having some form of education. So I decided I actually went through three majors. Mm. I started off as an accounting major. And I wasn't a huge fan of how one of the teachers, one of the professors was feeding us the information. Wasn't right. a fan of that. And then after moving on from his class, I didn't have the knowledge I needed to go on to the next the next step in the courses. So I decided that accounting probably wasn't going to be something that I would be able to get through without any issues. Mm. Let me put it that way. Okay. So then I decided to go into sports business management. And then I thought I was a special needs class. Oh, so I was like, hold on, this is not as challenging as I need it to be. It's challenging, but it's not an area that I want to be in. I feel like a lot of people in this area are really dense. So I had one of my um, bowling teammates suggest going into the finance program because a few of the professors he was close friends with and he recommended them. And I did graduate college because I knew those two professors because they helped me out enormously. 
with the schedule that I had and the lack of knowledge that I had, having missed a couple of a couple of years and having to catch up, they helped me out so much. Miss Ugly, I will never forget you. You are a great woman. I appreciate you so much. I wouldn't have graduated unless you let me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, lady. Thank you. Okay. So yeah. So yeah, I, I graduated with a finance degree, and I didn't really have any clue what I was going to do with that because I just wanted to be a bowler. Okay. Cool. Well, as most of my listeners already know, I went to college and did not finish, but it's all good. It's it's interesting that a lot of a lot of people in general, I can't even say in our culture, there's a lot of people in general that go in and then they just don't finish. Like getting into college is a lot easier than actually finishing it because it's a it's such a marathon. You said a mouthful on that one, hey. It is such a marathon to get to the end of that sprint because you got to find every which way possible to fit everything that you need to do in your life into such a small period of time. And, mm-hmm. and you know, just time because not even just day in, day out, you only got four years of that. Supposedly you're so only supposed to have four years of that. Right. I mean, some places, if you don't get past those four years, you got to go somewhere else. Mm. And that's another spot where people just go, well, I'd have been here two years longer than I'm supposed to be. They won't let me come back for another year, so I got to find another school. I ain't gonna do that. So it's it's hard, man. It's a difficult journey, I must admit. But I've done it. Went to the different schools and everything else, and it just wasn't working. So I had to let it fall. And where I'm at now is definitely, in my mind a good place for me to be at this time. So I ain't mad at nothing, but I'm telling you this this journey is one that's going to take you through every valley low and every mountain high because it is not easy. I'm trying to tell you, but nevertheless, we're going to jump into the acting when we return from these few ads. And when we get back, we'll jump into how we actually began the journey towards acting and Furthermore, how it's going so far. So, you guys, stay tuned. If I start singing, they get loud. <laughs> All right, so we're back, you guys. We're going to jump right into it, and I'm going to let our special guest start with their journey process and where it is now. Good God, you really want me to babble. All right. So it's not really a babble. It is more or less a timeline of the journey, which is, ooh. Don't worry. So just babble away nice. The interesting thing is that I actually got the idea of doing it at a bowling tournament. So I think I'm about 17, 16 or 17 at this point, and I'm bowling this 2 a.m. tournament in New Jersey. Tournament starts at 2 a.m. normally ends around like 8 a.m. Something crazy mm-hmm. that they were doing for the youth. That was kind of cool. Nice. So it's about 4 a.m. I'm tired as hell. I'm bowling bad at that. Mm-hmm. And this lady just walked up to me after I done missed a spare or something like that. And she said, excuse me, honey, come here. And I'm ready to punch this lady in the face. Like, I'm ready to <laughs> jaw, her, jaw her out. So I walk over to the lady. I'm like, yeah. She goes, I know you're not having a good time bowling, but I just wanted to let you know that you have really nice bone structure. I do professional makeup for like agencies and for TV shows. Like I do full production makeup, and I think you have really nice bone structure. You should consider modeling. 
I was about ready to slap the water out this lady's face. I was about ready to knock her lights out. I'm like, lady, that is the last thing I need to hear right now. Do you think I give two about that right now? No, right, I don't. Man. Me not care. <laughs> me don't need to hear that. Me don't want to hear from you. Go to your child. Pay attention to your child. You neglect your own children. No. Leave me alone. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's that was the original idea of where I was like, you know what? I kind of think I should do it. Okay. So once I got out of college, I was just like everybody else. I need a job. I didn't. I was focused on bowling, but I wanted to have some kind of money on the side. So get the I looked into doing acting and modeling on the side, and I signed up with these weird websites. I would be like, "All right, they send you castings and they text you and all this other stuff, but they mm-hmm. ain't leading to nothing. They just make you spend your money just to hear about castings right. that you ain't gonna get submitted right. for." You will run into those. There are a bunch of those. There's a lot of them. So while I was bowling, I was attempting to do auditions for a while, and I would get maybe like one a month. And I would do it, never hear back from it. And then what really drove me full force into the industry was that I got sick of bowling. In actuality, I was just sick of some of the people. I was sick of some of the relationships that I thought were supposed to be somewhat genuine Mm. that were literally just, nah, I have no respect for you whatsoever. So... Once I had seen multiple occurrences of people that I considered close to not be as faithful as a brother as I would have assumed, mm-hmm. I just decided, you know, like, I needed to se- separate myself from this arena. I need to be out of this game. I need to be away from it. I need to be away from that kind of culture because while it brought me so much joy for so long, the little intricacies that don't allow me to sleep at night are a problem. Okay. So if I can't be comfortable around some of the people that I'm with because I think my girl gonna get taken away from me at oh. a random by some random dude, like I it it goes to show that I need to pick women better and that the people that I hang out with, I gotta pick my crowd a little bit better. Mm. So I decided that I was going to go into modeling and acting. Also another driving force going along with that whole uh, for men not being who they were with me not being real was also on the female side. I had a female situation and it was, I was accused of cheating, which is something that I pride myself on not doing because mm-hmm. I have self-control in that area, especially when I care about something and I've been dating somebody for so damn long. Mm-hmm. Like I have no reason to physically put myself in that predicament because I wouldn't want that reciprocated right. on me exact type of situation. Comment. So I got accused of it and I decided that I was going to use modeling as a way to prove that I can be around other people that are attractive. I can be around people that are flirtatious. I can be around people that have a big ego and think that they are who they are much more than how they actually are and then not react in a way that is aggressive and sexual nature towards <clears throat> those other people. And I did a really good job for a very long time, let me tell you. Because <laughs> I was around some real five females for, when I first started doing this modeling thing. I'm, I'm sitting in classes like, my, my instructors are beautiful. Mm. And they became some of my best friends. Okay. And people in class, of course, that I know have, some of them have turned into fabulous models, both male and female, have turned into great models, have great careers going on, also acting as well. And I used my relationship as a catapult into doing that. Okay. And then once I decided that I was going to be in this realm, I 
worked my nine to five during the week. Mm-hmm. And there were classes during the week. I tried to make them in the afternoon once I got off work. Like I would go to end the work early and then try to leave early so that I'd be able to make the class so it, it even out. Right. And then I would also go to classes on the weekend. Got to pay for class. It don't matter how, what stage of this you are in. You are going to take class if you are not teaching it, and you only teaching it if you got it all a trophy case that is full. Right. Thank you very much. But yeah, I just I dove in head first. I did everything that I could. I was working seven days a week between going into classes, going to work, trying to bowl still, like occasionally. It wasn't something that I looked towards, but I worked for a bowling company at one point. So okay. while I was out, I, I it was just there. I worked okay. for one of the best bowling facilities in the in the world. Okay. So uh, every practice. once in a while, I'm over here just like, ah, I'll practice a little bit. I don't like this. Okay, I'm going to put it down. So started doing commercials maybe a year into my journey. And this was right before COVID hit. So I was about 23-ish, 24-ish maybe. But that was right around when COVID hit and everything just kaput, dead, done. So I had maybe a couple of commercials under my belt, some photos, uh, some photo shoots done for some pretty pretty big brands. I did a a shoot for Checkers. Okay. That was pretty cool. And... During COVID is when I really started to, like, practice because I had the time to, like, work on stuff. Like, I was doing it while I was in class, of course. Right. And everything is slowed and shut down. Exactly. So you can't really do much during that time. You can't go nowhere. You can't have no interaction. So what do you do? Everybody making TikToks, making videos and stuff like that. So I I did not catch on to TikTok fast enough because if I had, I would probably be in a different space right now. But it is what it is. And every time I see people, they always go, you must make TikToks. Like, you must be an influencer or something. You make content because you are just, you just built like that. Like, not to boast, not to talk about myself like that. But, I mean, I like to have a little bit of fun. I'll say that myself. I like to have a little bit of fun. I am not a normal individual. I am one that likes to be abnormal and is fully comfortable doing it. I will make you feel uncomfortable because I will be uncomfortable on purpose around you. If you don't like it, then you are not meant to be around me and you are not comfortable with yourself. Thank you. But that's where I really, COVID time is where I really started to hone on my skills. And then I ended up moving back home with my mom for a couple of months just to decide what I was going to do because all my roommates were gone. They had to go back to their homes or some of them were international. So they were back in another country. So I'm like, I'm going to, I can't pay for this apartment by myself. So. End up going back with my mom for a little bit and living there. And I was in New York City. I'm originally from New York City, right? So I should be in the Mecca. And my spirit just wasn't right while I'm up there. There's a reason that I left Mm. in the first place. Okay. New York is the Mecca for this acting thing. You got Apollo Theater right there. You got Broadway right there. You have Juilliard. You got the best schools in New York. And you are literally ready to run away the moment you get there because you don't like the culture. Mm. Well, I mean, hey, some things you grew up with, some things you don't. I'm just saying. Honestly. 
So, so I leave. New- I stay with my mom for a couple of months, and that's when I really decided that I need to go full force into doing this if I really want to make it happen. And I know I can't make it happen here because I'm not comfortable. Right. So I moved back down to St. Pete. I'm doing more commercials. I signed with a, a non-exclusive agency. They're sending me commercials. I shoot a couple of commercials. And then I decided that I needed to grow my market. So I'm looking into stuff in Atlanta because I don't want to go back to New York. And L.A. is too far and just as expensive as New York. I hope you don't play that. Oh, okay. So I'm sitting here. I'm like, all right, Atlanta's going to be my best bet. Start submitting. Don't hear nothing for a couple of weeks. And then slowly I start getting notifications. Oh, we'd like to book you. Are you available? Are you available? Availability checks are beautiful because that is the one next step to actually getting booked. Some people don't even get the availability check. Come on now. So like you said earlier, just a number. You are always a number until you are the number. Mm Mm-hmm. That is something that I repeat to myself very often. You are always going to be a number until you are the number. And being the number is B-E-A-U-T-I-F-U-L. Beautiful. Yes. Because at that point, you you got to say it again, and then you got to say T-M on the end. So it's trademark. Beautiful. T-M. No, you phrase, (laughs) nigga. You so silly. You phrase. Oh, excuse me. You are always going to be a number until you are the number. Thank you. TM. <laughs> okay. The thank you goes in there, too. I already said right. the TM. Okay. So, yeah. So, now, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and conclude his story, and then I'm going to tell you my journey and how it's going. Stick around. <laughs> Okay, guys, we're back from our break. Just back wanted to say, I'm glad that you guys have been listening. I hope you guys have gotten something so far, but we're going to continue on. When we left off, you were saying that you had done all these transitions and now you finally made it here to Atlanta. So would you like to finish off? So this is the part of the journey to where we are now. Now we've moved up to Atlanta. We've been booking work here and there. I started maybe a year and a half ago. So probably January of 2021 Mm -hmm. is when I started doing background work more often, especially the beginning of 2022. January 2022 is when I really kicked stuff into full gear. Everybody was really stuck on being vaccinated and i wasn't a big fan of it but Mm -hmm. i decided that i needed uh you got to pay bills right and this is how i want to pay my bills so i i did something i was uncomfortable with which is something you got to do in this industry is just be comfortable with being uncomfortable and do what you got to do to get to the next level as long as it doesn't compromise your morals or compromise how you feel and keep you up at night do what you got to do right so i decided that i got the vaccine and i started booking work like work like crazy i booked work maybe two three times a week it was beautiful and I was lucky enough through doing some background work and going on the right websites, submitting to the right websites, I ended up getting a standing gig on a movie coming out next year, December 2023, okay. The Color Purple Musical. Nice. So I was a stand-in for one of the main roles, 
And through that production alone, I grew so much as mm. not only just an actor, but a creator and an artist. Nice. I, I found a way to not portray my voice, but to share my voice with other people mm-hmm. in a way that I felt comfortable sharing it. Not something that was just some typed up and robotic. It okay. It's more natural the way that I've been able to express myself through this the things that I've been doing. Because I used to be a really shy kid, so I never really talked to anybody or record videos, take pictures, none of that stuff. Yeah, couldn't tell. When I was younger, I didn't really start posting anything on my socials until maybe the beginning of my acting career. I posted some bowling videos back in the day, but that was just because I was trying to get on contract with some people, so I had to promote. So even before I was actually in this industry, I had to still do commercials and promoting for bowling when I wanted to be a professional bowler and I wanted to get contracts and stuff. So I still had to do all the same stuff then that I'm doing now. So I was even more prepared by doing that stuff to get into this industry in the first place. Mm. So I got that standing gig. I learned so much. It helped me grow tremendously. I met so many, so many amazing people. The cast was really freaking dope. The production team was awesome. From the director down to the crafty, like everybody was so cool. And that's like a family of people that I will never forget. Yeah, I will definitely never forget that family. It, that's how it be. And that's that I would say is my highlight of what I have done so far. It was just that one standing gig. That was the first standing gig that I ever had. Mm. And I did everything I could to excel at it. Okay. And as a standing, all you're really supposed to do is just be a standing. You you right. stand in the spot. If you need to read off the script, whatever the words are supposed to be, you read it right. off the script. <clears throat> But me and my sister Corliss, shout out to Corliss, love you, girl, miss you. We gonna go hiking soon, you know. We gonna hit that stone mountain, girl. We gonna go stamping. Um, that's where me and her like really shine because we took it further than just we're gonna stand in a spot. We okay. took advantage of an opportunity that we were given and we made the most of it. And nice. she, she's another person that is older than she looked. Like, mm. She is another person that was deceiving. And I'm thinking she's my age, but she's done lived two more lives than I have. Mm. And I'm sitting here learning everything from her. And she was just like, this is going to be one of the things that take us to the next level. The contacts that you get from doing this job, the relationships you get from doing this job are going to transcend anything that we've done before. Because all we've done is background work where we were a number. When it comes to being a stand-in, you are one of the numbers. Right. You're not the top number. But on that list of 15 people, you are expected to be there at a certain time. You have oh. places to be, people to talk to, and people are looking for you because you are of that importance. Right. Ain't nothing wrong with being second team. Listen, <laughs> it's I love second team so much because you have all of and none of the obligations of the first team. Right. You don't get the same money by any means, but you have all the obligations to learn without as much downfall on you if you don't. Right. So you're allowed to mess up here and there without it being too much of an issue as if they hired you, you're a SAG actor, and we're expecting to pay you $15,000. You ain't going to mess this up. No. You know what I'm saying? So it it was a beautiful experience being able to 
be of that importance. And then again, with the relationships that you make, I was able to talk to the director's assistant mm. because of Corliss. Corliss pushed me to the point saying, why don't you just ask them? I asked them if they need any roles, if they owe anything or see if they need to fill someone down the line. Mm-hmm. If, if they do keep your name in mind. And I did that one day and I ended up actually getting a role on the movie. Nice. So I went from being second team to first team, and I'm mm. like, I get a trailer, I get first class treatment, I'm everything but the main person that's supposed to be on the screen, but right. just as important. And that's another place where I learned people don't look age again, and that a lot of people take a lot longer to get into this, and everybody has their own time to mm-hmm. get chosen. Right. Everyone has their place in this timeline to be chosen to be at that level to show what you can do. And not everyone can get there and do it properly anyway. Some people just so happen to get thrown into the mix and now they're just in the mix and they are of no quality. Right. It's something different to where your quality is recognized by your peers, but not by that next person until it actually is. And that's when those people turn into that next level star that is quote unquote that next level star when it's just the same person being recognized by somebody of more importance than before. Right. So it just takes that time to be able to do that. And I was able to do that around some really dope people. Mm -hmm. And I am so grateful for the relationships that I made throughout this journey. I am so grateful for the time that has been put in because there's been so many sleepless nights, so many drunk nights because we need to drink to stay awake sometimes or to have a good time. Or it might be part of the scene. You never know. (laughs) Sometimes that stuff on set is not fake. But I'm forever grateful for the journey that I've been on for sure. Forever grateful. Mm. Okay. Well, my journey... Because I'm not the special guest today, I'm going to run it kind of quick just to get on through it. Because my journey for acting didn't start being serious until like so, so far in. But my journey into the interest of theater or production came in elementary school. Fifth grade, I was the writer and director of the school Christmas play. Now, the funny thing about that was it started off as a write a Christmas story in class where I wrote too many fucking pages. She said, no, I got to make I got to make this a full on production. Hold up. Okay. So when I wrote so many pages, my teacher was like, this could be a play. Do you think you'd be interested in putting on a play for the school? And And I was like, "Uh, yeah. So we went through the whole nine yards. And I mean, when I say the whole nine, it wasn't like, oh, we just took your story, made it a play and did it. Like, no, they actually had me do everything. I had to go back and rewrite the script and make it look like because she showed me how to do it. And I made everything and the characters and she proofread it and I had to do changes after we got everything with the script correct. We went on ahead to casting. And she allowed me to sit at a table and pick who I wanted to play the roles of the different characters and all of that stuff. And man, like I said, everything. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Down to even um, writing the casting. Music was chosen by me. And I could not believe it. Like, it was amazing. So I ain't really mad at no part of the process at all. I'm 
just glad it started as early as it did. But we're going to take another minute to have some ads play, and then we're going to come back in and finish off my journey. And we are back. So I told y'all about my fifth grade experience, which was rather extraordinary for a fifth grader. Nah, seriously, that was crazy. Yeah, it was, especially down to the point where I had newspaper article done in the little small town that I lived in, but for some reason, okay, flowers. no one kept the articles, so I do not have any of that. Um, but anywho, moving on, middle school, did a couple t- theater things, did stuff in church, went to high school, and <coughs> it always be church. It always be church where you're like be acting funny, and then they want you to act funny. Right. It's, it's so interesting how some of the best actors come out of church. I wonder how that works. Oh, mm. Okay. Question me that one, Christianity. Regal me that. Hmm. So, um, from church, middle school, high school was when I started the improv troupe. Um, well, I didn't start it. They wanted to do an improv troupe, and D.A.R.E. was a good thing at the time. Drug awareness, whatever the thing was. Um, and there I was on the improv team and then was drafted in a sort to the actual theater department because of, you know, that. And in high school was when I really just did anything entertaining. Like, it was music, band, it was chorus, it was acting, it was poetry. It was any and everything that allowed me to express myself. So high school was a very transitioning time for me because when I first thought about what I was going to do when I left school, it was just like everybody else where I live, get a job and grow a family and work till you die. Um but I started doing more with the figuring out what I was actually going to do. And high school graduation came faster than I expected. And I wasn't really ready because I didn't look at schools for the acting like I wanted to. Because at first, I really wanted to just take a break from school to figure it out. But my mom was consisting on me going to school or going to the military. So I picked school. Go get you a degree. Go get a job. I think it was like five months before graduation where I had started sending out applications to college. And man, the intense, who, the intense nature of just waiting for those letters to come back and being accepted to a school was so, oh my gosh. I was like, please don't tell them I'm about to be sent to the military. Because see, if I didn't get into a school, that was the other option. So you got anxiety on both hands. You're not oh, worried about being accepted gosh, and worried about getting sent off. I didn't like it at all. It was very terrifying because, like I said, I waited too late because I should have been applying to school since junior year. And the fact that my only other option was going to the military and I wasn't for going to fight a battle right now. Like, I don't want to be shipped off whenever y'all are ready for me to ship off. 
and for long periods of time. Like, uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind traveling to work, right? But I'm only a soldier for the Lord. Hello. <laughs> I, I can't with you right now. I can't. Not me. I'm a soldier for the Lord, and that is it. When he called me to that heavenly battlefield, that'll be a different story. But until then, you're going to catch me in the trenches. I'm working my way out. Okay. So, um, I did the last minute, got two letters that accepted me. One was more expensive than the other. I went with the cheapest one, South Carolina State University, go Bulldogs. Um, when I was at South Carolina State, that was another really eye-opening experience because college is so different. Like, I was not ready for any of what college had to offer at all. Because, for one, walking to these different buildings for these different classes, no, sir. Listen, I was happy I went to a small school because I didn't have to walk but half a mile from end to end. I done been in them big schools. I understand the party scene is nice. Y'all educations might be a little bit better, but for the love of Lord, y'all got to take an air tram to get to class to class. Like, see, and that's why I started trying to say it worked for me because, like you said, walking the campus wasn't as bad as it could have been if I went to one of them really expensive schools with the campus stretches two blocks, two miles long. Literally two miles. In every direction. Mm -mm. So, I joined the, I was on the marching band because I did that from high school and that's part of where I got my financial aid from that scholarship. Bless it. Um, But, when I found out that they had the theater and the troupe and all of that, I went and I asked these different questions of people that worked in the building, the different professors in the building. And I ended up with the opportunity to work with them on a basis of, well, we give the roles to our students because it's a part of the program. But if you want to be in here, you can do the, um, you can do stage work. You can help us in the box offices, you can do ushering, and you can do, um, what's the, Lord, I don't forgot the word. See how acting what is should it? be more important to me and I should know this terminology. We're not talking about that right now. But <clears throat> the um, understudy, that's it. Ooh, oh, shit. hello. I was like, excuse me? Okay, so yeah, I was understudy for a few roles and then it became a thing of okay we have other shows going on such as you know talent shows we'll do whatever so i decided to take my little dabble into stand-up comedy sheesh when i did my first stand-up comedy performance i you know i was at the college i figured i could talk about some of the foolishness that we experience every day as students and i should get a couple of laughs so it went so well as to I won second place in the entire talent show. Bless your heart. The first time I did stand-up comedy, I made an ass of myself. I was in the wrong crowd for what I was doing. And that happened to me later on. It happens but, at some point to everybody. Oh, Your okay. came for everybody crowd, I'll tell you that. Right. That's a straight fact. So I was extremely excited that I had won second place at a talent show against rappers, dancers, singers, that's dope. And all of that. So, you know, I was like, okay, cool. Like now I really feel like I need to look into this. Let me see where this can take me. So I started doing a few things and I ended up at the wrong audience. 
got there and man, my spill on the stuff that I used to talk about was so, you know, referencing to my neighborhood, my hood, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when you go and talk to people that don't know what the hell you're talking about. Oh, they can't relate as hard. They're looking at you like, that doesn't sound funny. It sounds depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how the audience looked at me when I was talking. And I totally bombed. Oh my it goodness. This is what it's horrible. like to be in the ghetto. Oh my goodness. Right. They were not for it. They were like, oh, <laughs> I don't get it. So Yeah, my audience wasn't a fan of me humping the wall to start. It was kind of, uh, I shouldn't have did that pee joke either, I guess. <laughs> Listen, I spilled some some alcohol on my lap. It looked like I peed myself, so I figured if I walk out there and I made a pee joke, it give justification for me peeing must look like I peed myself. Mm-hmm. They did not like that very much. Mm-hmm. Nah. <laughs> nah. Anywho, yeah. So, um, yeah, stand up comedy didn't last long for me after that. How long did you like, do it for? Well, the thing about it is, like I said, I've been entertaining for a long time. So, like I said, when I would be around folks and they would have me come to, like, birthday parties and MC their birthday parties, I was all of, what, 18, 19? And hey, then you got a good personality. When I did stand up for real in college, I was in my 20s. So, from there, it was... Go here, go there, do this, do that. And I got a couple of laughs. I hosted a couple of events because of how good my comedy was. And then I went to that audience that kind of shut me down or humbled me, rather, and decided that, okay, uh, maybe this isn't for me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I decided I wanted to do more so acting and get a comedy script. And that's when I said, okay, let me start looking into it. I tried to audition for different things electronically that didn't come through. Um, And I'm thinking it more so might be because of my distance from where I was auditioning to. But it plays a factor. Right. So I moved from place to place. And when I say move from place to place, once I was at college and didn't pass like I needed to at a certain point in my college career... I ended up staying in the area because I was trying to bounce back and at least, you know, get a job, whatever would have you. Mm -hmm. Didn't work out too well. I ended up living in my car then for about, I think that first time was like six months and nobody really knew because I had the gym membership, which allowed me to go in and shower and freshen up and all of that. So I was still looking good because I was going to the gym and doing my thing, but I was going to work and it just didn't work out. Some people do it on purpose. I know a couple people that decide they just want a backpack. I have one, uh, I can't really call her a friend, really, <laughs> but uh, a person that I felt cool with, but my ex didn't like me being cool with. I never touched the girl. But anyway, long story short, she decided that she needed to take a break and mm. wanted to travel. So she backpacked it. She packed everything into a U- uh, U-Haul storage unit from her crib. Did not resign her lease and just drove the country and then used her point of fitness membership to mm. shower and take care of everything. And she found herself doing that. Nice. So some people do it on purpose just because it's a it's a cleanse mm. and it's also a time for like reflection and self development. Yep. And that's what I was looking for right out of high school was that little time for clarity, but didn't get that. So. 
it went pretty well for a little while. After I left South Carolina State from living in the car, and I was like, okay, mom, I just need to come home because things aren't working out. That was time number one of going back home. <clears throat> so horrible when I said that. So I the feeling. when I went back home, I devised the plan of getting up enough money to go somewhere else. So I ended up working, doing that whole stick, and then got enough money to do some stuff, but then made a very stupid decision, which led me to going to jail, which then led to me getting out of jail, being on probation and stuck in the area for a while. And um, with that on my record, it was hard to find work. So I worked on the expungement process while I was there and got all of that shit cleared, got everything done, got some money stacked up again after I got it expunged to working again, and then finally was able to move away again. So I moved this time to Houston, Texas. And when I went to Houston, I was in a great situation. I made great money. And then I ended up doing this. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't like using the term low budget film, but I'll say indie film. I always say indie film. Indie film. I just say indie film. It's going to be at a film festival somewhere. Right. And that's what they were talking about, trying to do this pilot for this, whatever they were doing. And they had me out there, and I don't know if I didn't do a good job or anything, but I've never heard anything from the people again after doing that, which was very kind of depressing because I was really excited about the whole nine because it was going to be made into something. So I really need to contact them and see if it ever really was made into anything, but I got to find out. Ain't that annoying, though? I like, like, it's really interesting how while we're on this journey as actors and i'm sure a lot of people who try to get into this industry can relate how you have to submit as much as possible when you first start because mm-hmm. nobody knows you and you're trying to find work right and you always end up in these random films and people are trying to push to get something done they want to hold auditions they want to make it as professional as possible mm-hmm. and ain't nothing come from it nothing not a youtube video not an instagram reel not a TikTok short nothing you done put in like 16 hours of filming. You know, for a fact, they had like at least 12, 15 hours of editing to do. Right. And you thinking, all right, give them like three, four months. Maybe it might happen. And get nothing. nothing. I've got I've got IMDB credits for a uh, YouTube pilot that never happened. Mm. They had some kind of argument between the director and the person that they had doing the camera work, the okay. editing and stuff. So mm-hmm. they had issues and stuff like that, which is understand- understandable. It happens all the damn time. But it's just so interesting how you could work on something for so long and refilm it again with a different production team type of situation and still have no concrete f- footage from it. Mm-hmm. That, I always found that very, very, very interesting how many people actually do that. Yes, it is tragic and very sad, but it is the life that we choose. It sucks too because, like, some people are very—I don't—I don't know the terminology I want to use. Some people see something, and when it happens the first time to the to them, they won't go back into that realm because they don't want to experience the same thing again. 
So just like you can be on this production filming for 16, 17 hours and you get no footage from it whatsoever, mm-hmm. you could also be in another space where, all right, well, this low budget film is actually going to pay me like a little bit more mm-hmm. and then I actually get something from it. Okay. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm going to just throw this out there because this is an experience that I've personally had. Mm-hmm. I filmed one thing in Florida and we filmed it twice. This is why I told I was getting to these points. We filmed it twice. One time we filmed it and there was an issue between the production and the director. So they didn't have the footage. So they shoot it again. Mm-hmm. Different production team with the director. Something else happens again. Footage disappears. Mm-hmm. We got some of the real footage, but that's all the evidence that we have of that thing ever existing. Mm-hmm. So that just seems like a waste of time. Right. We spent all these hours and we had this whole production team and nothing came from it. Mm-hmm. I've also had an experience where somebody on a casting website says, I'll pay you $125 to come out here and film this thing. Okay, fine. It is not a production team. It is one man and her sis- and his sister with a Nokia camera mm-hmm. in a school and in a different location, just filming, just the two of them. That was shown at the North Carolina Black Film Festival. And also, I believe, I don't know if he got nominated for an award or got an award, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I know that, that there is evidence of it. It is on YouTube. It is a short 15-minute uh, video. If you guys want to go check it out, it's called Gardner's Graveyard. And... It's something that I figured was going to be a whole bunch of BS, but actually turned into something substantial. Mm. So you never really know what's going to come from whatever you're trying to submit for. Right. You just got to have faith in the fact that you are as good as you are at what you're doing and just go do it and at least try to get the real footage. Man, You can show it to somebody. Okay. I'm telling you, you can show it to somebody. Okay. Well, my experience leads to from that little incident leads to now I come home again because things didn't work out in Houston the first time due to another near jail experience. Well we gotta keep you out the out the cellar, my boy. Yeah. We got to keep you out the bars, my boy. Yeah. I ain't talking liquor. Yeah, yeah. You're really kind of reckless, but we ain't going to talk about that until the later podcast. Um, Ooh, story time. Hello. We'll uh, see y'all later. Okay. So, um, left from Houston, ended up moving to Virginia, moved from Virginia, doing a few things, went back to Houston again, did Houston, came back home again. So, all that led to about four times of having to come home. Then I decided I was going to come here because it was popping with the acting now and it was close to home, do whatever. And I could afford the whole transition because I had someone I could stay with and all of that. So with that being said, I just had to figure out exactly how to tackle it this time so that it went different or better than the last few times. So here I took my time, I studied a little bit, asked the right questions of the right people and landed a background gig and was actually on a production set large enough to make me feel intimidated. Okay. So that was Star. We love being uncomfortable for a little bit. Right. 
Because that's what drives us to push through it to get better. You have to be so comfortable with being uncomfortable. Time. Yep. Because I'm telling you, it is that. So, long story short on all of that, here in Atlanta, making things happen, a whole lot of transitioning happened in the three years that I've been here where I moved from one place to another place to another place to another place and finally am settled in a place that I think might be just the place I needed to be. But I had to go through all of those things in order to get here. Gotta get that clarity. So, before I end this podcast, because I really just wanted to hit on brief journey, and then we'll fill in more gaps in further episodes, but just to end this episode, I want to say to anyone that is pursuing anything that they have a true passion for, I want you to know that you're going to put in a lot of work, and I mean a lot. You're going to be tired. You ain't going to be sleeping. You're going to be grouchy. You don't have to learn to deal with it. You have to learn yourself. Be comfortable with the situation that you put yourself in because there's places that you want to go. And besides the work, you have to be patient. You've got to trust that this is what you're supposed to be doing and wait for your time for it to happen because there's a lot of things that we overlook when we go into a different career path that people that are doing what we're doing have done so much more than what we have achieved so far. So we can't expect for our careers to jump off the same way if we haven't put in the same amount of work. So be patient, put in your work, bide your time, it's coming. And there's definitely going to be times where you feel like you aren't doing enough. Because I've definitely felt like there's times where I'm not doing enough to push myself. And I have everybody around me telling me all these great things every day. But every day I feel like I'm not doing enough just because so many people before me have done so damn much. Right. And that that just goes to show that there's always going to be something to strive for. And there's always going to be work that you can do. And there's always going to be learning that you can do. Right. The grind never really, the grind never ends. Because there's people 70, 80, 90 still trying to figure out TikTok. Right. Okay. Come on now. Like, you got to stay with the times, got to get with the times. You got to be with the rhymes if you want to make a dime, you know? Come on, man. You got to say that shit. You got to, you got to, you just got to push. You just got to push yourself. You just got to be that next animal. Everybody wants to talk about that Kobe mindset. Well, that is exactly what that is. You are what you need if you really want to. You got to be in the gym. Okay. Even if ain't nobody in there shooting with you, you got to be in the gym. You know what I'm saying? You got to put them reps in. You got to go to class. You got to work on your runway walk. You got to. Do it all. Just like you got to study in school and they push you to study in school because you're going to have to study everything else in life regardless. So you might as well get a head start now. Right. That's what school is for. Never understood it until now. (laughs) Well, so with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you got something from our journeys that you could relate to to let you know that you are not alone in whatever you're going to strive for and that at the end of the day, You can get there. You just got to continue to push. So this is Shaq Daddy and this is Ashton Maxwell. And we will see you next time on Shacking Up. Yes, sir. Okay, everyone. You can find me on all social media platforms at Shaq Daddy. That's S-H-A-C-K-D.
D-A-D-D-I-E, Shaq Daddy, and Ashton, hit him with your social. You can find me on Instagram at Ashton underscore Maxwell 300. You can find me on Facebook at Ashton Maxwell.